Praise the Lord. My sister was aggravating me about my chairs. She said they swallowed me up. Well, let's hope I don't grow into them. Amen. <laughs> All right. The Lord's good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. I think about some things the Lord's done this week. Could have turned out different what they did, but uh, the Lord was watching over and a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right, let's uh, open our Bibles this morning for a few minutes uh, to the Isaiah 9 this morning, Isaiah chapter 9. And I know I've been preaching kind of straight through Isaiah, and uh, it seemed like the Lord's holding me to it. And uh, it's kind of a tough, tough book in some places, uh, but the Lord keeps uh, giving me a little something out of it that He wants me to give you. And so I'm just trying to mind the Lord in Isaiah 9, and uh, we'll read uh, seven verses there in Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. Isaiah 9 and verse 1, the Bible said in capital letters, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephilim, and afterwards did more grievously affect her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and the Galilee of the nations. The people that walk in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nations and not increased the joy. Their joy before thee according to the joy and harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and a fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Thank you. you may be seated. Our Father, we come this morning, Lord, to kneel down before you this morning and we bless the Lord. Uh, today for all of his many benefits and uh, Lord we're thankful this morning Lord to know that you're not locked outside of the building today for we've already sensed and Lord felt you here on the inside and uh, Lord we not only want you on the inside uh, Lord we want you in control of all things uh, Lord you know the needs you know our times our seasons they're all in the father's hands and so, Lord, you know what we have need of this morning. And, Father, we ask that the searcher of hearts would search hearts this morning. And, Lord, if there be anyone here today that, uh, Lord, has an empty heart, never been saved, the Lord doesn't live inside of them today, that they might come to realize, Lord, their lostness, their missing peace is the Lord. And they might come today and, 
be drawn by the Holy Spirit and be given faith by the Lord to believe Him and trust Him and to be saved by grace through faith today, Lord, I pray. Bless all Your people today. Help us to get our focus upon You very quickly this morning. And we'll be careful to give You the praise and the thanks for all You've done. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. We look here in the Word of God. We find very quickly here in the first two verses, we find that Isaiah, he reveals here three stages of light. He said in verse 1, the dimness, the dimness. And then he says in verse 2, the darkness, the darkness. And then a little past that, he says, a great light, a great light. And so we picture Isaiah as the old prophet standing there and he's looking way off in the distance. And uh, he sees a dimness that turns into a darkness and then way out yonder somewhere he sees a divine light that's coming. It's kind of like you might be if you were to walk out in the afternoon and you were to walk out and about dusty dark and, and it began to cloud up some and it's you still some light, but it's uh, getting a little dimmer all the time. And the thunder begins to roll, the, the lightning begins to flash, the darkness begins to move in, and the next thing you know, it's not dimness, it's total darkness. But then way off yonder in the distance there, after a little while, you see a little bit of a light begin to break through. You see a little clearing out there somewhere, and uh, it looks like that better times might be coming. That's the way Isaiah was as an old prophet standing there and looking off, way off in the distance. And he first of all mentions the dimness here. Now the dimness, when we think about dimness, we think of a small light. You got a little light, but it's not, you know, bright light. It's better, it's better than not having any light, but it's still dim light. Well, that's what he sees. You see, in the dim light, I, all you can see is kind of shadows and types and a little bit of moving around, but you can't really see it real clear. That's what he's talking about here. And he mentions some places here. He talks about uh, Zebulun and Naphtalun, and he talks about uh, Jordan and Galilee. And these are the places where he's talking about the dimness and the darkness that's going to come. Because we realize that these places here, the regions that are going to be affected by this dimness and this darkness, uh, uh, that they are the uh, first place close to the Sarerian and the Assyrian uh, armies when they begin to come in. It'd be like if somebody was coming in and they uh, were going to go to the next county, but they were coming to the county close to us and they'd have to come through us uh, before they got over into that next county. And so when they come through, they would they would destroy, they would take uh, prisoners and they would do a lot of damage going through. But when they come back through, they'd even do more damage. Uh, they'd even do greater things. They would take prisoners, they would take them back with them and they would intermingle them with the uh, other areas and other people and when they got intermingled with other people that was not of the same faith that they were, uh, uh, what happened then always happens uh, that the morals begin to drop down. 
uh, whenever whenever people intermingle of different faith, uh, uh, it always it always drops the moral. Uh, of the one that has the true faith. Uh, always happens that way. And so we see that here. Now the Bible, you know, uh, quick comes to my mind about an old man in the Bible and uh, over in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and the Bible talks about that old man Eli. You remember Eli in chapter 3, verse 2. And the Bible said it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim uh, that he could not see. We have Eli here, and he's an old man. And of course, what's happened to Eli is what happens to all of us as we get older. Our eyesight's not what it used to be. And Eli's there, and he's an old man, and he his eyes are failing him. He can't see good. He don't see what he needs to see. And the worst thing that could happen, if you already got dim light, the worst thing that could happen if you had dim sight, would be for the light to go out. And uh, we don't need the light to go out uh, uh, in America. Amen. Uh, uh, Already it's dim. It's dim out there. Amen. Uh, And a lot of people can't see what they need to see this morning. Uh, uh, They can't see what's going on. Uh, uh, You see, it's it's kind of a picture, if you will, of what I'll call the Old Testament. Amen. Uh, you see, the Old Testament's not the bright light of the New Testament. The Old Testament is a dim light. Uh, and all we see in that Old Testament is some shadows and some types there that uh, we just get a glimpse of them. We don't really are not really able to make them out. You take there in Genesis 3 and verse 15 at the first uh, prophecy given there of the Redeemer. Uh, the Bible talks about the seed of the woman and about bruising his head and about him bruising his heel, but that's a dim light. We really can't see that real good. Uh, but as we go on farther through the Bible, and then we get over into the New Testament, why we have a good light there, and we understand that. Amen. Uh, you know, the church is just a very dim light in the Old Testament. Very dim. Uh, and you'll have trouble finding it there even at all. Uh, uh, but you see, it's a dim light. But when we get over into the New Testament, uh, uh, we have a greater knowledge of it. Amen. Uh, even the crucifixion in the Old Testament with the details of Psalms 22 and the details of Isaiah 53, even then, back then, it was a dim light. Uh, they wrote it, but the Bible tells us in the New Testament they didn't even know what they was talking about, really. Uh, it was a dim light. Amen. Uh, and the problem is that when you got a dim light, a dim light, uh, uh, then that's when the devil begins to work. Amen. You see here in verse 1, he said, They more grievously affected her by the way of the sea. That's talking about when the light was dim. Now, stay with me this morning. I want you to notice that Satan takes advantage of people that have a dim light. Uh, uh, that's what's wrong with half of this country tonight is that they're in the dimness and they don't have really good Bible light on what's going on and what's taking place and the devil, he takes advantage of that. Amen. Uh, uh, you see what the devil does? Uh, uh, he knows that if you've got dim light that your sight is limited tonight. Now that's why he don't want people to go to church. 
That's why He don't want people to get saved and hear the gospel. Because if they get saved and hear the gospel, then they'll get some light. Amen. And so the devil, you see, he is a creature of darkness. You realize tonight that his kingdom tonight uh, is a kingdom of darkness. Uh, over Revelation 16, when the Antichrist reigns uh, and uh, his kingdom is here on earth, the Bible said his kingdom is full of darkness. Amen. And so the devil's kingdom is a dark kingdom. He likes to keep his subjects uh, in the dark. Amen. Always worry about secret societies and organizations and things uh, uh, that want to keep everything in the dark. The Bible's not that way. You see, the Bible is about light. And God, He doesn't hide things in the dark. God brings things out in the open. And the Bible said that only the devil wants to blind the eyes of those that are lost lest they believe the glorious gospel of Christ. Amen. Uh, the Bible said this God of this world has blinded their minds uh, uh, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Amen. And so there's a lot of people tonight, even some saved people, uh, they've got some light in them, uh, but Peter tells us that if you don't build your faith and work on your faith and grow your faith, uh, that if you're not careful, you can, you can forget, uh, uh, you, you, can, you can be blind, uh, and, uh, and you cannot see afar off, uh, amen. Uh, uh, you see, most people today, they can't see very far off. Why? They got dim light. They got dim light. They can't hardly see past this afternoon or past tomorrow. Amen. Uh, but you see, the Bible is a book that shines out farther than we can even believe or think this morning. Amen. Uh, it goes way out there uh, uh, even in eternity. Amen. Uh, and so the devil takes, uh, the devil takes uh, advantage of the dimness and the darkness. Amen. Uh, uh, you think the devil hadn't took, took advantage of our present situation? You think the devil ain't delighted? Uh, I know there's some folks uh, that are not going to church and they really want to go to church, but they're not able to go to church. Uh, but there's another crowd. Uh, they really didn't want to come anyway, uh, uh, but they had to come because their wife would be upset at them if they didn't come. Uh, uh, they had to come just to look good. Uh, and uh, you know what happened when this thing come along? Uh, it made the perfect excuse uh, uh, for them uh, uh, not to come to the house of God. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, the devil took advantage of that situation. Uh, uh, the devil, he operates in fear. Amen. Uh, uh, we know that. Uh, he's, the, he's the king of pride, and we might say he's the king of fear. Amen. Uh, and so he moves in when the light is dim, uh, and he takes advantage of God's people. That's what the devil does, you see. Nobody gets upset at dim lights. Have you ever had anybody to flash their lights at you when you had yours on them? <laughs> that, that truck I got, that truck has got a set of headlights on it, boy. I mean, it'll light up the world. And I'm the world's worst to forget to dim my lights. There's no telling how many times I've made people sin. Amen. 
But, but I never forget if my wife's with me because she'll say, your lights are on dim. Your lights are on bright. You need to put them on dim. You say, why? Because people get upset when the bright light's on. They don't get upset when it's dim. Amen. Uh, uh, they get upset uh, when a preacher just barely preaching a little light. Uh, he's not exposing any sin. He's not exposing any false doctrine. He's not making anybody feel uncomfortable. He's not making anybody mad, red-faced, uh, uh, getting up and leaving. Uh, but when that preacher turns on that bright light uh, of that old King James Bible uh, and starts saying people are going to hell uh, and people ain't living right and people ain't doing right uh, uh, you got your bright lights on uh, that's when people get upset amen uh, that's when they get upset amen dim, dim small light small light but then he says the people that walk in darkness that's no light that's satanic oppression of what dim lights you had. Now dim light, dim light is not the best thing, but it's a whole lot better than no light. Amen. You see, with dim light, at least you can see a little ways out in front of you, but with dark lights, you can't see nothing. Amen. Uh, that's why the devil wants to blind your mind. Uh, and uh, blind the sinner. He don't want him to see he's headed to hell. Uh, he don't want him to see Calvary and Christ died for him. Amen. Uh, I want you to know that the Bible said there was a darkness, a darkness. Uh, that's what's going to be during that tribulation. It's going to be dark. Somebody said, uh, asked me the other day, he said, Preacher of the Bible, we don't know how quick that the tribulation's going to start after the rapture of the church. And that's true, we don't. But my, my idea is that it won't be long. It won't be long. You say, why? Because when you take that light out of the way, uh, you take that light out, uh, it don't take long for things, uh, uh, to, it don't take long for things to begin to stink and to smell and to grow rotten, amen, uh, uh, when they're there in the darkness. Uh, and I want you to know this morning uh, uh, that there's a darkness coming upon this world. We're seeing a little of it now, but nothing like what it's going to be. Right now, thank God we've still got the church here. Thank God we got a little light here. Still, amen. But when the church is gone, no light. The Bible said we are the salt of the earth. I'm afraid in the church we got a lot of that substitute salt. You say, what is that? That ain't real salt. Amen. I heard the doctor tell my dad when he had his heart attack, he said, to use this substitute salt. It tastes just like the other. My daddy said he lied. It's white, it looks like the other, but it don't taste like the other. The real thing's never, the real thing, it can never be identified and exemplified by something that's almost like it. Be it Bible, be it singing, be it preaching, and certainly above all things, be salvation. 
I want you to know this morning that there's a lot out there that they say looks like it. It's the same thing. Uh, uh, they say, but it ain't the real thing. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, the real thing is the real thing. It's not coke. Uh, it's salvation is the real thing. Amen. You say, how do I know if I got the real thing? Check it out. Check it out. Amen. You see, he said, he describes the thing here. He said, this people that walk in darkness. Do you know this world's a dark place? It's a dark place, buddy. It's getting darker all the time. Amen. Used to the darkness, it stayed out there, but now it's starting to move in. It's like a night that's falling. It's like a sun that's setting and we can see the darkness move in. Year after year we see it getting darker and darker and darker and the night's fixing to fall. It's going to be darkness. He says there in verse 2, he said the people that walk in darkness and then right down below that he says in the shadow of death. Death is always pictured as darkness. When we think about somebody dying, we think about a dark time. When we think about somebody that's dying and being put in a grave, we think about the darkness. I've stood by multiplied hundreds of them and watched them lower. Um, people down in there, some of them people I didn't know, some of them church members, some of them my family, I've watched them lower them down there in that grave. I, I've stood by it a many time I, and I've watched them and it looks like it's dark down there. Dark. The light goes out. Thank God for the child of God. The Bible said, Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you cannot have a shadow if you don't have some light. Amen. I'm glad as a child of God, I'm glad there's a light. Amen. I'm glad there's a light that'll lead me on and show me a cross and go with me. I'm not going out into the darkness. I'm going out into light. Thank God. Going out in the light. Amen. I may close my eyes in darkness here, but I'm opening them up on the other side to sleep no more. Amen. There's a darkness in this old world. The world's a dark place. Uh, I want you to know that the Bible says that even though this world is a dark place, and even though there's a lot of people walking in the darkness, the Bible said, if we have been saved, if we know the Lord, we are not children of darkness. The Bible says we are the children of day. Day is light. Day is light. We are the children of light, thank God. Amen. That's why it's so important that we keep our lamps trimmed and burning. As it gets darker and darker, amen. I'm thinking about this this morning. You see the description that gives us of a, of a people that walk in darkness, a people that don't know the Lord. But we, can't, we could not think about darkness without thinking about the devil. You say, why? As I said, he's a creature of darkness. 
His kingdom is one that is full of darkness. Uh, He dwells on the dark side. He wants to keep you in darkness. Amen. That's why I don't want you to read that Bible. That's why when you when you sit down there and you and you grab your Bible and your Bible's right here and your remote's over there. And you feel a little more pulling on this side. He don't want you in that book. People that have light are people that's been in the book. Go to where the book is preached. Believe what the book says. Amen. There's a devil out there. He's operating. I tell you, church, I think if there was ever time that churches need to pray and stay together, it's right now. You say, why? Because I think the devil has realized his opportunity, his moment. Uh, uh, You've got some people, I made this statement the other day, and I believe it's a true statement. Uh, uh, You've got us folks uh, uh, that have been coming to church, most of us now, for 10 to 12 weeks. We've been coming to church uh, uh, and uh, and we find ourselves sometimes a little dead. We find ourselves sometimes uh, feeling and looking like zombies even though we're in church. Yeah. But if you feel that way and you've been in church, how do you think them people feel? I'm talking about saved people that ain't been to church in seven months. How do you think they're doing right now? The Bible said the devil stalks around seeking whom he may devour. Do you know whom he may devour? That one not looking, that weak one, that one that's frail, that one that's spiritually sick, that's the one the devil will attack. It's just like a lion out on the prowl. He looks for that weak one. Amen. You better stay in church and you better stay in the Bible. You better stay connected somehow or another to the Lord. Because here's the thing. Not only does the devil know that, but the devil knows what Jesus preached is true. Jesus said this. He said, A kingdom divided, it cannot stand. You know what all this has done? It's divided up God's kingdom. You've got you got those that those that are not having church. You got those that are having church. You got those that are having too much church. And those that are having too much church are criticizing them that's having some church. And those that are having some church are criticizing them that are not having no church. You know what that is? That's dividing up the body of Christ. I'm telling you, listen, mine is not to judge. Mine is to do what God leads me to do and to pray for others that they'll do what God wants them to do. Amen. It's not to tear the church all to pieces and not believe and not stay together and not pray for each other and not love and not support each other. The devil takes advantage of the darkness. Amen. An old German years ago, they were having a, a meeting and they had opened up a little bit that they could bring the missionaries in if they would so do. The whole town had a meeting. They had this meeting in this building and this old German sage, this, 
old wise German, he was kind of leading the meeting and they were trying to decide, are we going to let the missionaries in? Are we going to let the gospel in? Uh, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, and he said while they were having that meeting, a little bird flew in in the light. And he flew around just a minute and he went back out. And the old sage says, I think we've received our answer. He said, God has showed us that we're like that little bird. We come, we come out of the darkness at birth. We come out of the darkness into the light. But we're only here a short time. And then we're going back out into the darkness. And he said, May we allow the missionaries to come to bring the light uh, that we might see the light. Uh, and when we go out, we might go out in the light uh, and not in the darkness. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, there is uh, a darkness that's already in this world and it's getting darker and darker all the time. It's like that light switch we used to have there had a dimmer on it. You could turn it down, you know, down, down, down. Gradually get dark. If I did it slow enough, you probably wouldn't even notice it. And we don't realize how dark it is in America tonight. The dimness, the darkness. But then I want to say this, thank God it don't stop there. Isaiah didn't stop in the dimness. He didn't stop in the darkness. But he said, I see the people that walk in darkness have seen a great light. That's a divine light. There's a divine light this morning. Isaiah saw it away off, amen, in the distance. He saw it as he stood there in the dimness and the darkness. But he saw that light away off. I love that old song, Whispering Hope. Nobody hardly ever sings that old song anymore, but I love that old song. And there's a line in that song that says, Will not the deepening darkness brighten some glimmering star? You say, what's that mean? That means the darker it gets, the more the light shines. Amen. Church, listen. If you are a light, if you are shining, if you are the light of the world, you're shining brighter right now than you ever have in your life. You say, why? Because it's darker than it ever has been in your life. Amen. I want you to know, listen, that thank God Isaiah saw off in the darkness a light. Jesus quoted this scripture I've read from. Jesus quoted that in Matthew 4. And here's what he said. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zabulon and Nathalon, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. That's who we read. The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephilim by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And he talks about the light has sprung up. Amen. When Isaiah saw it, he just saw it out there in the distance. But Jesus is a fulfillment of it. And Jesus said the light has sprung up. Amen. Folks, 400 years of darkness 
Malachi to Matthew. 400 years, not a word, not a peep. 400 years of no light. But after 400 years, Isaiah seen out there in the distance a little light springing up. So why do you say a little light springing up? Well, because of your Bible there in verse 6, he said, for unto us a child is born. A child is just a light springing up. A child is born. Boy, I'm glad Isaiah read it like that. Over there when the angels came, they said to the shepherds, unto you is born this day, unto you. But thank God Isaiah said unto us. Glory! I'm glad that that light wasn't just for the Jew. I'm glad that that light was for the Gentile as well. Thank God. Unto us a child is born. You say, why did it say a child is born? Because that baby comes from within. Salvation. The light. It's got to come from within. It's got to come from within a seed that's planted within. Amen. Unless a child is born. It's not that which comes from without. Salvation's work is on the inside. And oh boy, come to the meeting all week. And uh, he walked in there on Monday night. He didn't go there. He just walking down the road, pulled in, walking, come in. Brother Richie worked with him a lot, prayed with him some, shared scripture with him all week. And uh, he got saved. And when he when he was coming, the old boy was coming with a pair of shorts on. Outside meeting, couldn't pair of shorts on. Sit outside smoking till time for church to start. The old boy got saved. And on the way home, Brother George called me. He said, Preacher said, one of my men said he didn't like that boy wearing them shorts in the tent. He said, I told him to leave him alone. I said, you told him right. I said, you go back and tell him he ain't never cleaned a fish in his life before he caught it. I, I said, he just got caught. I, I give him some time to clean up, amen. A child, a light that springs from within. A child is born. Why a child? That's somebody we're familiar with. Amen. That's, that's somebody that that's somebody that we know. A child, that's that's somebody that is that is a part of a family, amen. I'm glad, listen, salvation, it starts within. And when we're birthed into the kingdom of God, we're birthed into a family, amen. I, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, amen. I, how'd you get in there? I didn't join in. I didn't, I didn't pay my way in. I didn't baptize my way in. I, I got born into the family of God. It's the only way you can get in. Why a baby? It's from within. Why, well, baby, it's one that speaks of a family. 
family. Why, baby, it's one we're familiar with. In other words, we look at that baby and we see that's one of us. It grew up here where we live. It grew up like we grew up. It knows what we know. It's been where we've been. It's felt what we felt. Thank God that child that was born, he was born within. He's formed within you when you're saved. He puts you in the family of God. He's familiar with what you're going through today. He's touched by the feelings of your infirmities this morning. A child. But he didn't just say a child unto us. A child is born and period and stop it there. He said unto us a son is given. That's the cross. You see, if all we had was a child, it would have been a wonderful child, a beautiful child, and a good child. But until that child grew up and went to the cross, he could not be our Savior. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Amen. He's one of us. Thank God. I love the story. I hesitate to tell it because of time. But the little boy that was looking through ads in the paper and he found an ad puppies for sale. And he went down and took all the money out of his piggy bank and he went down there to the house where it was, and he knocked on the door. The man come to the door, Lance, and he said, I understand you got puppies for sale. He said, yes, sir. He said, I want to buy one of them puppies. And he pulled out his hand full of change. And the man said, son, you don't understand. These are high dollar dogs. These dogs, they cost a lot of money. And the man feeling kind of bad about it, all at once his eyes lit up. He said, wait a minute, son. I do have one dog you might be interested in. And he went back and got that little dog, his little three-legged dog. It come running through the house there and it's falling and it's skidding that little dog did and he said son uh, what about this dog he said oh I love that dog and he pulled out all his money and started to give it to the guy he said no son he said you can have this guy this dog he said I don't want you to give it to me I, I want to give everything I've got for it he said son why would you want to do that and he pulled his little leg up little wooden leg protruding out he said I know how he feels amen Thank God. I'm glad that somebody knows how we feel. Aren't you this morning? Unto us a child is born unto us. A son is given. But then he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. He said, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. A child, a cross, a coming king. It's a king coming. The Bible said that when he comes, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Amen. Thank God he's come. Thank God for a little light. Uh, Brother Grady called me this morning, Bill Grady. And he'd sent me a little funny thing. It had a had Joe Biden and 
and Jackie Gleason. <laughs> Joe Biden saying one thing, Jackie Gleason saying something else. And I said, Brother Grady, it's, he said, uh, it's funny you sent me that. And he said, why is that? I said, I got a story about that. And he said, what is it? And I said, well, I went to revival service where I was preaching one night and was taking up prayer requests. And I said, a man stood up and, and he said, I'd like to request prayer for Jackie Gleason. He said, I, I heard he was sick and, and he's in the hospital and he's dying and I want to request prayer for him. Well, at the moment, I thought it was rather silly. But I had to go into work that night. I went into work. Third shift, got in the break room, got me a cup of coffee and sit down there and there's a cool journal paper laying there. And I picked it up and turned the page and the first thing I seen was Jackie Gleason and told he was sick and what hospital he was in. God began to burden my heart. And all I could think about all night was this man that made millions life was probably dying and going to hell to a place where he couldn't ever life again. As soon as I got off, I went home, got a piece of paper, and I began to write Mr. Gleason, and I began to tell him about why he needed to be saved and how to be saved. I, I put a simple, simple gospel track in there, put a stamp on it, and mailed it off. Uh, about a week later, I seen on the news where he died. He died. About three weeks after that, I went to my mailbox and pulled out the mail, and I had this little letter in there, and it said, Jackie Gleason, P.O. Box 4126, uh, Florida 33014. And I thought, wonder what in the world? And I pulled that out, and it said, Brother Prophet, thank you for your concern. And for your wishes and your prayer. And all I can say, all it says on there is thank you, thank you, thank you. I, you say to get saved, I, sound to me like something happened, amen. I, uh, but Brother Grady said, preacher, he said, you ain't going to believe this. Uh, but he said, when I was at Jack Howell's university, he said, Jack Howell said he heard uh, that Jackie Gleason published a little paper sent it out wanting to know how to be saved. I said Dr. Howells tried every way to get a hold of him and he never could get a hold of him. I, he said that his library uh, of 1,200 books uh, uh, that 10,000 of them was nothing but books uh, that have to do with afterlife and and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, you'd say to get saved. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it'd be good. Uh, uh, when I step off on heaven's shore. To see him there. Uh, saying how sweet it is. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Glory. We think nobody can get saved. If they ain't sitting in a church. In front of an altar. You plant a seed out there. And who knows. God may. Let somebody water it and it might come up. Amen. You say this this morning. They was uh, talking about the light. There was an old man one time, gentleman, went into a jewelry store looking for a looking for a piece of jewelry for his wife. Very expensive jewelry. And he was looking there in the case and the man handed him a a jewel, and he said it, it had no beauty about it, and there was no shine to it. 
And the man said, what about this one? And he said, well, I, I wouldn't want that. He said, there's no beauty to it. He said, there's no shine to it. He said, there's no, it's lusterless. There's nothing there to it. I wouldn't want that, he said. I wouldn't want that. But the man, he said, watch this. And he gripped that jewel in his hand and held it for about just a few minutes. And when he opened that, his hand up, that jewel was radiating. That jewel had changed colors. That jewel was bright. He said, sir, he said, this is what we call the sympathetic jewel. He said, but before it ever shines, before you ever see its beauty, it has to be gripped by a human hand the cross is just a cross Jesus is just a man Isaiah got it right for the unsaved he has no outward form nor comeliness nor beauty that we should desire him but oh when you put that nail-scarred hand, when you put that in a human hand, that beauty starts to come forth. It's like that song, the old rugged cross. Has, there's a wondrous attraction for me. As this world gets darker, I'm glad as a ten-year-old boy, God put the light inside of me. You see, we're just like them children of Israel. It may get dark out there. <laughs> but we got light in our dwelling. We got light in our dwelling! I, w I would be terrified to be in this world right now and not be saved. Not be saved. It's pretty scary when you are saved. We don't know what's coming, but we do know who's coming. Thank God for the guiding light. Thank God there's a light at the river. I like that old song. There's a light at the river for me. What about you? You got any light in your dwelling? What about you, this little light of mine? You gonna let it shine? Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. What about this? What about you? Are you like the foolish virgins and you got a vessel, but there ain't no oil in it? Or maybe you're like the wise virgins. You got a vessel. You got some oil, but you need your wick clean today. Because your light ain't really shining too good. You, your globe smoked up. You need Jesus to come so that light can really shine. Father, I thank you this morning for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. The Bible is a light, it's a lamp under our feet, a light under our path. Thank You that we have been enlightened by the Word of God. And thank You, Lord, though we walk in the midst of dimness, darkness, 
we know there's a divine light that we can see. It's getting closer all the time. Father, I pray tonight for your people tonight. It's a very troublesome time for God's people as I travel and go in and out of congregations. I thank God for the people that are there, but there's a there's a fear in them. There seems to be a, a gloominess, Lord, that hangs over God's people, even as those that are saved in these troublesome times. But Lord, may that light <laughs> may that lighthouse on the hillside still shine and direct to the saints of God how to get home. And may it shine through and may this deepening darkness brighten that glimmering star. Lord bless you people to move at the smallest sound of your voice. At the slightest tug upon their hearts, important. People go to the altar, make things right, stay close to God, keep their lamps filled and their wicks trimmed. Bless the church today, Lord. Help that one that gropes along in darkness. Help that one that's in the night and they stumble here and there because they're walking in the night. But I pray they might have seen a light, a divine light today. And they might come and be saved and have the light put inside of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.